Blog Talk Radio. Job done. 
Yeah, I know. And, and, and you know what? Keenum and uh, the Vikings, I think they, they just got overpowered by Philadelphia at this point. I think that the, the Eagles really, their game plan was really good by uh, uh, Coach Peterson. And, and so that was the difference, I think, the you know, special teams and, and the, uh, the defense really going at it. And so they, they just basically capitalized, and the Vikings couldn't get back into it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, they started off that first drive. I mean, it looked it looked great. I mean, they went right down the field and scored, and, um, you know, Philadelphia adjusted and, and the Vikings didn't. I, you have to – I mean, a lot of that – a lot of people kind of wondered how the Vikings were going to come out in that game. I mean, especially with that, um, you know, with all the emotion from that, uh, that, that you know, that miracle pass, um, you know, in, in, the, in the fourth quarter against the Saints in the previous game. And so a lot of people were wondering how they would come out if they were emotionally drained from that. And I don't know if they were. I just know that they got they got their asses beat, and it wasn't even close. I mean, and listen, the Vikings were the number one defense in the NFL. I, I didn't see any remnants of that whatsoever out there. And so I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's funny because when the playoffs start, you see that sometimes. You see teams that just, you know, they've gotten it done all year, and then all of a sudden they just tank uh, you know, um, you know when the bright lights come out, and it looks like that's what the Vikings did. Cause nothing that they tried to do worked on defense. Nothing they tried to do that worked on offense, except for that first drive. It was just a bad game overall. And you know they got they have a long time to think about that one. Yeah, and that was the key, I think, uh, in general, because they came in with the mindset. I think of the Vikings came in with the mindset that they were just gonna steamroll and stuff like that but uh um it's it was just one of those situations where they were trying to you know um make up for last week and somehow you know philadelphia wasn't having it and they just came out you know playing ball and so it was nice to see the eagles with a run game and figuring out what they're going to do and uh and they did it i mean and now now we're going to go up against uh, tb12 so going to be a totally different ball game against the the Patriots. Uh, since we're talking about TB12 here, what did you think of the Jaguars? I mean, a lot of people are talking about the penalty difference, differential uh, and all that, but you still got to execute no matter what. If you get penalties and stuff, you still got to convert. And that was one of the discussions everybody had on, on Twitter, you know, with the refs and, you know, pretty much the Patriot haters. But when you look at it in a whole, a whole light, you're not going to be able to give Tom Brady over five minutes into the last quarter of the game and expect him not to do anything with it. Well, you know, you know, the one thing about the Patriots, um, you know, their history has showed, shown this is they don't panic. When things get bad and things get down, they do not panic because they have the experience and they have the wherewithal and they also have the coaching and they know how to adjust on the fly to make changes on the fly and, and to put their team in a better position. And you kind of saw that. You know, the game started off, um, I believe Jacksonville came out to a 14-3 lead. Um, they had everything going. They had everything going in their favor. But when you have Bill Belichick and a, a Bill Belichick coach team, and then you have Tom Brady, you could just see how they started to make adjustments on both offense and defense, and they started to flip the field. They knew that Jacksonville was, you know, was going to run the. They were going to try to run the ball, and they used that to their advantage when they stacked up against the run, and especially in the second half, uh, they really just put the they just put the clamps down on the run, and they ended up flipping the field. And so it seemed like on the second half, every time Jacksonville punted, they were punting inside their twenty, and and New England was getting the ball and somewhere along the, uh, their own, uh, well, the fifty yard line or the Jacksonville forty yard line, which is great field position especially for a team like, uh, you know, the Patriots. And so they just kept chopping away. And eventually Jacksonville broke down. And, you know, you have A.J. Boyer, who is, you know, he's an all-pro cornerback. And the way that they schemed that to get their players open, um, you know, especially with Brandon Cooks, who had a great game. He had six catches for over 100 yards. And the way that they were getting him open, you just have to love the way that they schemed that up. I mean, they saw that. Um, for some reason, Jacksonville stopped being as aggressive. I mean, they started to play off a little bit. You cannot, you can't do that, you know, especially when Gronkowski went out. I mean, their biggest deep threat at that point was definitely Brandon Cooks, but it didn't seem like that uh, Jacksonville wanted to double them 
and it didn't seem like that they were trying to put up, put on a lot of pressure. And I felt like it was getting out of hand when I, I knew that, you know, the Patriots looked like they were going to come back, especially when they executed that third and 18. I mean, most teams in the NFL, they come back and say, hey, it's no play in the playbook for third and 18. The Patriots have plays that go third and, that, that can get you a first down on third and 18. And they executed that. I mean, you got to take your hat off to them, whether you hate them or not. All right, Troy, let's uh, bring in into the huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com, uh, the head coach of the uh, Team Mexico national team, um, Giovanni uh, Carrillo Larios, and also the multi time champion, FXX, uh, FXF, Vatinga's champion. Um, so, uh, Coach uh, Larios, ¿cómo estamos? Bien, bien, gracias. Buenas, buenas noches por, gracias por tomarte el tiempo para la entrevista. No, gracias por, tu, uh, por su tiempo también. Um, coach está conmigo, uh, Oscar López, y uh, mi cojos, este, uh, Troy Wilson. Uh, vamos, estamos orgullosos de tenerlo hoy uh, para hablar de este, uh, fútbol de, en, en Estados de México y uh, hablar para, uh, sobre la liga uh, FXF, también que está, ha crecido mucho en su, en su uh, país. Sí, muchas gracias, mucho gusto. Este, sí, la verdad es que aquí el fútbol americano femenil ha crecido bastante. Hace 11 años que se practica aquí el fútbol americano femenil, en su modalidad 7 contra 7, 8 penas este, esta temporada, en este otoño, vamos a empezar con el fútbol 11 contra 11, ya la modalidad que se juega el fútbol americano en todo el mundo. All right, Troy, I'm, uh, I'm going to translate as he's speaking. Um... So he's saying that the uh, women's game in Mexico has increased tremendously from a seven-on-seven and eight-on-eight format, and uh, he's really excited about that. And he's also, at, it's getting to a point where this next uh, winter they're are, they're going to go to an eleven-on-eleven format, traditional format. All right. Um, of course, Lario, cuando fueron al mundial había cosas que pervenían ustedes para llegar a Vancouver, pero este hicieron llegar a Vancouver y también este se encontraron con otros uh, países como uh, este a la Britania Grande y luego también este Australia eh, nadie esperó que ustedes iban a hacer algo de impacto uh, no que porque no estaban uh, este listos pero eh, era la cosa original que you know, los nuevos equipos no iban a hacer algo de impacto uh, eh, eh, ¿tú, tú esperaste ese resultado o tenías tú este uh, algo pensado que iban a hacer algo uh, bueno en el mundial. La verdad es que sí hubo problemas. La verdad es que nuestra Federación Mexicana de Fútbol Americano con el presidente Jorge Orobio hizo todo lo posible para poder estar ahí representando a nuestro país en el tercer campeonato mundial, primera participación de México. Sí, nosotros este, yo pensaba, tenía, teníamos en mente un buen resultado. Era obtener una medalla aunque sea este, ya sea de plata, o bronce o oro, desafortunadamente por el sorteo, porque nunca habíamos participado, nos, nos tocó enfrentarnos contra Estados Unidos en la primera ronda, Digo, sí se vio que el nivel físico de aquí en México, a, a, a comparación de las jugadoras estadounidenses, sí es muy muy diferente, ¿no? pero creo que hicimos muy buen trabajo, nosotros trabajamos aquí con las jugadoras mexicanas en la selección alrededor de seis meses para preparar viene este mundial donde estuvimos entrenando físicamente estuvimos entrenando la parte del de sistema fútbol y estudiando a los a los países con los que íbamos a ir no en primer en la primera instancia Estados Unidos y segunda instancia Australia que nos tocó después y obviamente ya estando en el mundial pues este, estudiar al equipo de gran de Reino Unido para competir por la medalla de bronce la verdad es que fue un resultado que pues, nos gustó Obviamente queríamos más, pero creo que para hacer la primera experiencia de México participando en el mundial fue grata. All right, Troy, I asked him, you know, the struggles to get to Vancouver. He's just addressed those that obviously there was issues with the federation as well, uh, but he's very proud of his team, uh, how they competed against the bigger size teams like the United States. And his expectation obviously was to go to go there to get a medal. Just didn't expect he was going to be, you know, uh, this year but he obviously had the opportunity and then they had six months to prepare. So, um, so coach Larios, if they, 
el, el momento que se anunció que iban a ser el equipo nacional, uh, las selecciones de coaches, es algo de, de, de llave, porque eso es lo principal, ¿verdad? Si tienes buen coaches, la oportunidad está ahí para, para ser los, 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 los jugadores más eficientes para competir internacionalmente. So, eh, en caso de los coaches, ¿cómo se decidieron a, a, a los coaches? ¿Fue algo nacional? ¿Fue de la federación? ¿De las varias ligas? o ¿Cómo fue eso? De, de los coaches tenemos ahí, este, tenemos diferentes ligas aquí jugando, eh, aquí en México. Entonces, si es una selección pensando en el nivel de coaches que, que hayan jugado, este, entrenado mujeres para que conocieran, para que estuvieran entrenadas como pues se desarrolla el, el fútbol americano de aquí en, en México con las mujeres y también coaches que tuvieran experiencia coachando fútbol americano 11 a nivel internacional. Tuvimos coaches que a, este, fuimos a competir a Estados Unidos contra Seattle Majestic, contra Tacoma Trauma, contra Austin Aulat en, este, en torneos previos hay juegos de exhibición donde llevábamos unas jugadoras mexicanas a competir a fuimos a Seattle, fuimos a Austin, Texas, y de ahí fue donde salió la selección. Tuvimos coaches de este del, de, del centro de, de la República Mexicana y un coach de Cuernavaca, Morelos, que es alrededor de la República Mexicana. So Charles asking him how the coaching uh, you know, was put together and he says it was based on various uh, coaches uh, in various leagues in Mexico with experience coaching 11 on 11 primarily and also having experience with coaching women um, so that the, uh, you know, the, the whole scheme would be obviously uh, better for the squad. Um, Coach Larios, este, en FXF uh, ha crecido mucho. Echel ha hecho un buen trabajo, usted y otros, otros, pues, otros uh, equipos de reorganización han estado ya más estables de lo, de lo que empezó al principio. So, um, entre ustedes y Lexfa, uh, ha sido casi la, las dos uh, ligas que salen los uh, los jugadores para la uh, equipo nacional. So, uh, eso es algo que ya es este cómo se dice algo normal now para adquirir porque es más hay más ligas pero se supone que son las dos mayores. So ese es el eh, ese viene siendo el plan uh, en el futuro para adquirir más jugadoras como aquí en los Estados Unidos hay la la WAPA y la y la IWFL que que saca la el equipo de Estados Unidos Nacional la mayoría de los jugadores vienen de la WAFA pero ese 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 es un plan eh, en el futuro no en el futuro nosotros sí efectivamente salieron de dos ligas que fue el Exfa y FXF por que han crecido demasiado aquí en México pero son las ligas son nada más federadas entonces pudimos este, sacar la selección de esas dos ligas Esperamos que en, el, en un futuro, en el mundial que viene, ya las ligas de Torreo, del, del interior de la República, que estén del norte, Monterrey, este, Cancún, Tijuana, entre otros, entre otros estados que tienen fútbol americano femenino, se incorporen a la federación, se federen para poder hacer una selección de toda la República Mexicana de las diferentes ligas y llevar un equipo nacional pues mejor, este, mejor conformado de diferentes partes de la república la verdad es que estamos muy contentos con la selección que se llevó para este campeonato mundial porque fueron las mejores jugadoras que hay aquí en México All right, Troy, I was asking him uh, how is it going to work going in the future because they only selected from two leagues which is FX, F Mexico and Lexfa which is the two major leagues which are equivalent to the WFA and the IWFA in the states Slaras uh, is explaining that uh, in the future, going forward, they're obviously going to have to scout and recruit uh, from the other leagues in, nor in northern Mexico, which are uh, next to, uh, nearby Texas or California in those areas, uh, where they also have leagues that are not as um, prominent as Lexfa and FX Mexico. So, Coach Lario, le voy a dar la oportunidad a Troy aquí para que le haga, haga unas preguntas. Uh, yo lo voy a traducir y ya, uh, a, a los dos para estar ahí. So, so Troy, um, I'm just letting them know that you're going to go ahead and shoot out some questions for them, and I'll go ahead and translate your question, and then I'll, tra I'll translate his answer back to you. Well, speaking of recruiting, like how how do you go about recruiting now? Um, and have you found that the interest uh, down in Mexico 
um, you know, for the American football game is starting to rise up in your eyes. Because, I mean, I know that there are a lot of Oakland Raider fans, a lot of uh, Dallas Cowboy fans, at least from what I've seen. Uh, but what is the, the general, um, you know, the tone as far as uh, the, the the fandom for American football? Con los usuarios, Troy pregunta de que cómo es el proceso, cómo va a ser el proceso para recurrir más jugadoras más eficientes para el equipo nacional. Y dice que, mirando lo que tiene la NFL de apoyo allá con los Raiders o Cowboys, hay suficiente interés para las chicas que se envuelvan en la Liga Femenil de México. Sí, este, ¿cuál es el proceso? Nosotros hacemos una visoría de todas las jugadoras en sus temporadas. En cada juego nosotros tomamos video y estamos observando a las jugadoras, tanto su nivel de fútbol como nivel físico. Obviamente sabemos que tenemos que trabajar muchísimo el nivel físico atlético de nuestras jugadoras porque somos pequeñas, bajas de peso a comparación del, de, de las jugadoras estadounidenses. Entonces, es lo que nos vamos a enfocar mucho en, en la parte física, en la parte de fútbol, previos, previos este, previas elecciones, sacar una mejor selección, llevarla en el, en el nivel físico apto para poder competir pues con el peso del, de las jugadoras este, estadounidenses. ¿no? Y en la parte de lo del que Cowboys tiene este, el proyecto de venir a México, la verdad es que aquí el fútbol americano ha crecido bastante muchas las ligas como FXF, la, este, las diferentes ligas han tratado de traer jugadores de Estados Unidos, este, coaches para que vengan a dar clínicas aquí, enfocaban al lo que es el, este, el fútbol americano femenino para seguir creciendo. All right, Troy saying that uh, there's issues still uh, for him uh, because when you're competing against you know Team USA or the other international teams there's a uh, weight differential and height differential with his players. So mass and preparing to be uh, able to overcome those is one of the key things that they're going to have to deal with if, before the next world championships. And he's saying that there's a lot of uh, American football-born players now interested in coming to Mexico to do clinics and do coaching clinics to uh, you know better teach everybody in Mexico about football, you know, American football, but now exclusively clinics being done to help enhance the uh, women's game as well. You know I mean, it just seems like everyone is, um, like, all over the world is starting to become interested in this game. Um, what got you into coaching? Like, what, what piqued your interest as far as getting into coaching uh, football? Uh, Coach Lario dice, este, uh, que está bueno que hay uh, apoyo para, uh, para, you know, crecer las ligas y que eso es bueno para todos porque el, el, el deporte es bueno internacionalmente y está, está ganando más atención especialmente México. Um, Quiere saber, Troy, ¿qué fue algo que te interesó a usted para empezar a jugar el fútbol americano uh, y en, ese, en este punto a llegar a ser coach? Bueno, este, la verdad es que yo juego fútbol americano desde pequeño. Tenía cuatro años cuando empecé a jugar fútbol americano aquí en México. Desafortunadamente aquí solamente se puede llegar hasta liga colegial. Ya, ya no más, ahorita está una liga profesional, apenas que lleva tres años aquí en México, entonces la verdad es que siempre me, me atrajo, mi papá lo jugó, entonces juego, tengo un hermano gemelo que también jugamos juntos desde chiquito, entonces nos apasionó este deporte, la disciplina, la constancia, los amigos que, que, que encuentras aquí en el terreno del juego, las, las enseñanzas que te deja, tanto en, en lo deporte como en la familia, como en tu vida, como en la escuela, entonces eso nos llamó y ¿Cómo quisimos seguir en este deporte? Pues enseñando lo que a nosotros nos dejó el fútbol americano, tanto como la técnica, como el funda los fundamentos del fútbol americano, pero también lo que nos enseñó en la vida, que es seguir adelante, este, estudiar, este, seguir con, con, lo que no, con lo que nos deja en la vida, ¿no? que es ser, una, ser, ser grandes seres humanos. Entonces es lo que nosotros, como, y yo con en especial como coach, quiero dejarle a los niños, jóvenes y a las mujeres, en este caso, que pueden ser, que pueden hacer cosas muy grandes en este deporte y en su vida. All right, Troy, uh, he's saying that he started the passion for football when he was four years old, and uh, 
to the twin brother who is now coaching with them as well uh, and part of the team in, in the Kingas and obviously the national team. And he had an, an experience like no others. Uh, everybody has the same experience once you get to play the game, which is more of life lessons and was able to uh, help that out. And then that's where his passion went after that, after playing the sport at, up to a collegiate level because there was no professional league except for the last three years. There's uh, LFA, uh, LFA who start, has started, but uh, for his time, there was no pro league, and he wasn't able to go overseas or anything like that. So he decided to just focus his passion to doing what the game gave him, which is life lessons, and then start teaching fundamentals to the youth, uh, to the high school level, and uh, obviously now involved with the female aspect of the game. Awesome, awesome. So, other than um, so, you guys, you guys had some uh, like. Um, did you go to USA Football? I think, I think you guys were there for that one. Did you guys plan on going to any other international uh, clinics or any any other international um, uh, uh, organizations to you know to as far as teaching the game of football and, and being involved in that aspect. More so, also to to, to get your league out there and in, in, in your team to get them uh, exposed to a lot more uh, uh, different types of players. Because I mean, you already remarked to um, you know playing against the U.S. teams also, but are you guys plan on playing against other leagues in other countries as well? Um, so, uh, Coach Barrios, Detroit, quieres saber si es algún plan para hacer algo competencias internacionales este como hacen en el fútbol en México cuando van contra otros países uh, quieres saber si hay planes para hacer más este competencias como en los Estados Unidos para mejorar la, el deporte en México uh, yo sé que en, en el lado de masculino uh, hay este competencias con el eh, con el tazón internacional y hacen diferentes competencias. So, uh, no estamos en este, en este punto todavía con el, uh, con el juego femenino. En este punto todavía no, porque digo, estamos haciendo el cambio ahorita de jugar 7 contra 7 a 11 contra 11, entonces, pero en un futuro estamos planeando que, que haya juegos internacionales. Hay ciertas, este, pues, que está planeando juegos, inter, juegos internacionales donde se llevan a ciertas jugadoras a jugar contra Estados Unidos. Entonces, y así lo hicimos previamente cuando fuimos a Seattle y cuando fuimos a Austin, a Austin, Texas. Entonces, la intención es que vaya creciendo, que nos pongamos, que, este, que nos establezcamos a hacer el 11 contra 11 y esperemos que en un año estemos jugando internacionalmente o, o buscar juegos internacionales para poder para que nuestras jugadoras sigan creciendo, para que tengan esa experiencia, para que sepan cómo es jugar allí en Estados Unidos, jugar contra jugadoras estadounidenses, que es el mejor nivel que hay ahorita a nivel fútbol fútbol americano femenil, y preparar muchísimo mejor a nuestras jugadoras para estar en el siguiente campeonato mundial y traernos un mejor resultado de ese campeonato mundial. So Troy says currently there's no plans, uh, maybe in a year or two from now, but there uh their goal right now is to get acclimated to an 11 and 11 format, which is this coming winter. Once they get into that setup, uh, they're more than willing to go into the States. They've done it before when they went up against the Seattle Majestics a couple of years ago, they went to Austin for a friendly as well versus the WFA team. Um, so at this point he welcomes that opportunity to branch out. And once they get the 11 11 format in Mexico kind of established and seat, seated, then they're able to then, you know, obviously go to an international level where they can uh, test themselves against uh, the international competition. Cool. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Dice Troy, que muchas gracias por estar con nosotros, este, Coach Larios, uh, y hacer el tiempo. Uh, Coach Larios, quería nomás hacerle preguntas, este, en su estado que está ahorita, um, ha ganado múltiples campeonatos con vikingas, um, you know, tenía mucho, tiene mucho apoyo eh, en ese equipo. ¿Qué es la clave para ustedes para mantener uh, ese, ese tipo de, de excelencia? La verdad es que sí, la verdad, afortunadamente tenemos unos buenos resultados en los últimos años. La verdad es que es la constancia de las jugadoras, el entrenamiento 
constante que han tenido las jugadoras, muchas jugadoras trabajan, estudian, son madres de familia, pero están todos los días que entrenamos, están ahí en los entrenamientos, al 100% entrenan duro, se aprenden un sistema, estudian al rival, tratamos de sacar un buen scout, la parte administrativa trata de apoyar a las jugadoras con buenos uniformes, buenos campos de entrenamiento, entonces la verdad es que creo que es un es el conjunto de todos, no tanto la parte administrativa, tanto las jugadoras que son lo más importante y el staff de coacheo que nos entregamos al 100% y están los resultados, la verdad es que estoy muy contento con mis jugadoras porque día con día vamos creciendo, día con día van aprendiendo más, día con día se quieren preparar muchísimo más, quieren seguir creciendo, quieren seguir siendo las mejores y pues tenemos que seguir trabajando duro para pues estar estar en la cima, ¿no? Yo se los digo a las a mis jugadoras, lo más fácil es llegar, lo más complicado es mantenerse, entonces tenemos que trabajar cada vez más duro para mantener y, te, y seguir teniendo esos resultados que nos están favoreciendo, pero por el por el trabajo constante de nuestras jugadoras y mi staff de coacheo. So Troy says um, that uh, he's you know very happy uh, with the success he's had with winning multiple titles, but he's got to credit his players and the dedication his players have given to the team and to the squad, and that you know at this point uh, that's been the key, and hopefully uh, like he's he's stating that that's going to be the, you know the success is one thing, but to maintain excellence is a different thing. And so that's one of the things they strive for is to try to get to that level of maintaining excellence. Okay, Coach Larios, este, quería traerlo aquí para hacerle saber de que nosotros estamos uh, al tanto de, uh, de las ligas de México, FX México y, y Lexfa, Uh, ya tenemos mucho mucho tiempo cubriéndolas, tenemos casi cuatro o cinco años. El crecimiento de las dos ligas ha sido es, 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 you know, bueno para todo, especialmente el deporte en México. Um, so, esperando que este, la federación crezca en fondos y todo, so, ese es el gol uh, digo para los, uh, las temporadas que vengan y para el otro, al siguiente mundial. Sí. Muchas gracias. Este, la verdad es que sí. Este, gracias por darle seguimiento a las ligas mexicanas, a la, al crecimiento del fútbol americano femenil. Y este, y ahorita que viene con la federación que ha hecho un excelente trabajo aquí en México. La verdad es que viene el mundial de la Under 19 que se va, este, va, va a ser aquí en México. Entonces creo que va creciendo mucho y esperemos que el siguiente mundial pues, estemos muchísimo mejor. Gracias, Colayo, por hacer su, su tiempo hoy. Este, mucho más éxito para usted. Vamos a estar al tanto. Y uh, de sus jugadores también, uh, Andy Romero y uh, Ana Barbosa, uh, han sido buenas, hasta con, buenas hasta jugadoras internacionalmente, en, especialmente en el Mundial en Vancouver. So, um, esperando, este, Colayo, el siguiente uh, Mundial, este, uh, plata o oro, ¿eh? Sí, claro que sí. Vamos a trabajar por ese mes campeonato mundial y enfrentarnos por la medalla de oro, ya vimos que podemos tener las capacidades, nos falta ahí ajustar algunos detalles, entrenamiento pero ya vimos que podemos obtener un, un mejor resultado y estar compitiendo por la medalla de oro de, de, de este campeonato que no se pudo obtener, pero vamos a trabajar con ellos y ahí con Andy y está Ana, Ana Barbosa, yo les mando el saludo, muchísimas gracias por el seguimiento, esperemos que nos sigan este año ya jugando 11 contra 11 y dar un buen resultado Gracias, uh, Coach Giovanni. Este, mucho éxito más y este, por hacer el tiempo uh, y esperando uh, otra entrevista en el, en el invierno cuando se van a 11 a 11 para ver cómo está el estado en, del juego en México otra vez. Perfecto, claro que sí, con mucho gusto estoy para atenderles por su tiempo. Buenas noches a todos. Gracias, Coach Giovanni. Uh, muchas, muchas, muchas buenas noches. All right, Troy, uh, that was uh, Coach Giovanni uh, Carrillo-Larios, and he is the head coach of the uh, bronze-winning um, national team, Mexico national team that was in Vancouver. And then, obviously, he's the multi-time champion of the FX Vikingas. So, um, you know, to his point, uh, it's it's one thing to get to a level of, of championship level, uh, but he says it's it's another thing to maintain that level. Yeah, absolutely, all the time, man. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is, you know, 
one thing is winning, and then the other thing is how to maintain that winning. I mean, we see that right now with, um, you know, the Patriots and Bill Belichick, where they've continued excellence over the years. And every hope, every coach uh, hopes and dreams for that. Now, you you can see in his in, he's got a passion for the sport and trying to grow the game in, on the female level, but he does coach, obviously, uh, youth uh, and high school, so he's really devoted. And you can tell from his body of work that, obviously, him and his brother and every everybody on the coaching staff really is striving for excellence on every in every season. So uh, it's got to be a credit to him, like he said, that he's trying to get back to the game, what the game, uh, the game gave to him. Yeah, definitely giving back. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you find that most of the people who have a passion for the game like that, they have to be involved with it some kind of way. And what better way to to, to be a coach? You know, I mean, when you're when you're a coach and you're coaching football, you know, that's that's just what you do. I mean, your the bulk of your day is spent going over film and you know studying defenses or offenses and how to better your team, and then you also paying attention to your players and you're watching their demeanor, and then you also have to, you know, the tough part is, is um, you know, trying to, um, you know, keep all those personalities. You got to keep that in line and keep that in tune with what the team needs. And so when you have a winning program, uh, you know, you, you, it really, it, it's a lot that goes into it. And so I have nothing but respect for the coach. Um, any coach that can that can uh, you know put together winning seasons like that, and I hope he does the same thing, continues his winning ways. Now, Troy, let's talk about the women's game before we go back to NFL here. So, um, coming up here, January 26th and the 27th in Orlando, we got the NFL Pro Bowl. At the NFL Pro Bowl, we're gonna have the second annual Women's Careers in Football Forum. Uh, 50 will participate this year. Last year, we had. Um, Stephanie um, Balauco of the, uh, I believe it's the WFA Pittsburgh Passion. We had Callie Branson, who we've talked to before, DC Divas. Uh, Nausicaa Del Rolto, which we talked about, of NFL Films and uh, Fury of the uh, Italian League. And then we have Rachel Hahn of DC Divas. Uh, Stephanie Jackson was interning over in with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, OJ Jenkins, which we know, uh, Odessa, and she was interning with the Falcons as well. And so and then you also have uh, Mary Rose Roach, former LFL sensation and obviously former WFA star, with the Jets, uh, interning there. And you had um, I believe it's uh, Phoebe Sketchler as well. Um, and then you also have Colette Smith from the Jets. So there's going to be 50 participants out of those 50. I don't know how many will get an, an internship or an opportunity with the NFL. And uh, there's a twist here because the CFL has gotten involved into this forum. So. That's going to be great uh, to see you know, more opportunities for females to get into the, uh, you know, uh, the sport, whether it be through the CFL or the NFL. Yeah. Hey, sorry about that. I had a bad connection. Um, I didn't no, know no worries. Was. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I was saying it's, it's going to be a great opportunity for uh, all these women to get another uh, opportunity, just like the, uh, the uh, group of women that got the opportunity in 2017. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's, at the end of this, all you can ask for is opportunities, you know. And uh, the more chances you get to play the game and, and learn the game, the better. And I just think that's why the popularity is growing so much. Because, I mean, they, they have so many different avenues and different ways for, you know, people to get connected to the game. And that just bodes well for the future of it as well. All right, so, uh, Troy, we also have news um, in terms of, well, sad news in college. We had uh, Tyler Helinski, uh, apparently a suicide, um, so it's unfortunate that that happened. I uh, don't know the circumstances yet. There's still being uh, discussed and everything else, but uh, kind of a, a tragedy there, um, a young man taking his life. So I don't know, like I said, the specifics at this point. Uh, we'll get more details as things come out, but uh, just a sad state uh, of news coming out of college football after the big, you know, um, things that happened this year. Yeah, man, it's uh, the kid at uh, Washington State. It's just, uh, man, I, you, you kind of wonder what goes through, you know, someone's head that does that. And you just sometimes you just wish that maybe they would have spoken up more and maybe somebody could have, 
you know, talk to him before this happens. I mean, it's just a, a tragic, tragic situation. My heart goes out to their family. I mean, that's, that's the hardest thing to ever live was to, to have something like that happen. Yeah, so we'll see what what happens in terms of the details and all that. Um, just let everybody know we our tryouts are still going on until the middle of the, I think February. Uh, WFA tryouts, IWFL tryouts, WWCFL, the uh, Maritimes also having tryouts uh, down south, Mexico and Lexus, all areas in Mexico pretty much still in tryout mode in some in some leagues. Uh, other leagues are awaiting and uh, preparing for their season, their spring season. So we'll keep you up to date. You can always go to our Facebook page at gridironbeauties.com uh, on Facebook, gridironbeauties, uh, facebook.com, support slash gridironbeauties. You can keep up to date on everything that's happening globally with the women's game. Uh, you can always go to our Twitter feed at gridironbeauty as well and get daily updates on everything that's going on there. Uh, speaking of kickoff, uh, LNFA Femenina in Spain kicked off this past weekend. Uh, it is January 21st. Uh, they're going to play through May 13, 2018. Uh, Teresa Reds, a 44-6 versus the Badalona Drax. Uh, Badalona has not won in two years, Troy. We've talked to the, about them in two years, and unfortunately these girls are uh, just not good enough to win a game in this league, and so they got a lot of work to do. Uh, Barcelona Buffaloes, 14-6. to They edged the Elite Hospital Pioneers, who had a great season in 2017. Uh, week two will be February 3rd. You can uh, get the preview and updates uh, via our Facebook page or Twitter feed as the uh, leagues come up, and we'll also get uh, NFL East Bono coverage coming up during the whole season. So check out all that stuff that's coming up. LNFAA of Femenina in uh, Spain, in the Spanish League. Um, Gridiron West, Week 13, 2018. Uh, Perth Broncos, uh, they beat the Swan City Titans 8-0. to We're looking at the playoffs right now starting next week, February 2nd. Playoffs, Curtin Saints. Uh, they're going to go. They're three and five, going up against the champ. Uh, well, the dominating um, Perth, uh, Perth Blitz, which are eight and zero, and then uh, the West Coast uh, Wolverines will be taking on the Perth Broncos. Uh, both of these teams, one is four and four, the other one's five and three. The winner will face, obviously, in the final. Uh, looks is looking to uh, advance, uh, but stranger things have happened, right, Troy? Uh, so this is brand new, brand new section. It's playoffs. Anything can happen. So. Uh, but they're up 8-0. They've run the table. Um, the Blitz did out of Perth, so we'll see how the outcome goes there. Um, they will either face, like I said, uh, one of the two, uh, one of the four teams. It's basically a round-robin for the playoffs now. And this is their inaugural season, so it's been a great season for this league. They, and the great news also is they are going to be hosting the uh, Australian Gridiron League Women's uh, Tournament that's going to take, care, take place May 28th through June 4th. And that's going to be over in Perth, in West Australia, Western Australia. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, the LFD uh, out of Cancun, the semifinals were in place this weekend. Uh, you can follow uh, LFB Official on Twitter. You can follow on Facebook, LFB. Um, the Lipsticks Cancun defeated the champion Bucaneros in the uh, in the uh, semifinals here, 43 to 19. Uh, Nerides uh, of the they uh, returned to the final, beating the Barracudas, former champions there, 21-6. to So it's going to be Lipsticks Cancun taking on Nareda's Casamel. Uh, Nareda's looking for their um, title that they've been, you know, basically not been able to acquire, even uh, trying to go up against Barracudas the last two years. So uh, they're probably hungry for the championship there. Uh, hopefully see how they'll do. The other big news is Baffa women, out of the U.K. will kick off their 7-on-7, seven 5-on-5 seven, five tournament, the Sapphire Series, and that kicks off February 3rd. Um, thanks to uh, double coverage, um, that's, they're going to be covering everything of the tournament. So uh, stay tuned on our Twitter and Face page for exclusive coverage from double coverage, uh, the Brit Ball exclusive site that covers everything British-American uh, football. And that's going to be February 3rd through March 17th. The playoffs start on the 17th or so. So uh, follow double coverage at Twitter at DBL underscore coverage, and then we'll get started on that. Uh, Birmingham Lions have owned the national championship in Division One, but they have Division 2A and Division 2B now. So that's going to be pretty awesome. So, Troy, a lot of women's football coming up here even before the United States leagues kick off. So it's pretty awesome in the, in the, between now, February, and 
about May, we have a Spanish the Spanish leagues, and we also have the uh, UK leagues. Yeah, it's starting to ramp up now. I mean, that's the great thing about it because you know it's, it's you know um, it's it's year long now uh, where the coverage of football is, and so that that bodes well for anybody that's a football fan like we are. All right, so uh, take a look at our Zazzle shop. Uh, get everything, leggings, T-shirts, tanks, everything else at Zazzle, up to 25% off daily. Use the savings codes. Uh, check out the savings code and save big. And even on shipping, there's Zazzle. Uh, there's a Zazzle code you can use on shipping as well. So take advantage of that. Thanks, everybody, for uh, shopping at Zazzle and helping our project grow. Um, and also check out our Instagram. And don't forget Snap, uh, Snapchat takeovers. Uh, Holly Custis did a couple already. We're going to get more athletes to do the Snapchat takeover, so add us on Snapchat at Gridiron Beauty as well. Um, so, uh, Troy, let's get back to, before we get out of here, to the NFL. So, um, Jaguars, you know, like we talked about uh, before the huddle uh, interview here, Jaguars really came in trying to overpower uh, TB12 and the Patriots, but just wasn't to be. And, you know, I, like I said before, you give TB12 almost uh, over five minutes execution was there they go to the uh, Super Bowl and so now they're going to face the Philadelphia Eagles so uh, what did you think of the Jaguars performance up to before uh, New England oh man I, I, I thought they were awesome I really thought they were awesome and I, I didn't think it would have been very far fetched to sit back and say that they were they should be in the Super Bowl because they played like um they didn't so much lose the game as the Patriots took it from them and I think that is a key point. And I just think right now the Patriots were the more experienced bunch. Uh, they were the more prepared bunch. Um, but I mean, seriously, man, you got to take your hat off to that team. You, you, you only think that, I mean, you want to believe that these teams are going to build on their success. I mean, you've seen in the past that that didn't exactly happen. The Arizona Cardinals is a very uh, recent example uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, they haven't really built upon their Super Bowl success where you expect them to take it to the next level. And so, but you hope that Jacksonville, because they have a roster that is built to, that is built for a sustained playoff runs and deep playoff runs because they have a solid defense and they have a running game. And, you know, the one thing that people wanted to pick apart was Blake Bortles. But listen, I've been saying it since last year and also this year. He's not that bad of a quarterback. He's really, he really plays solid this entire year, in my opinion. Everybody wants, you know, he's not going to be Tom Brady. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he's not those guys. But he, all you can ask for out of your quarterback is to not turn the ball over, you know, and and make sound decisions. And he did that all year. And I just think that they have a team that is built for that. Now they're going to add some pieces to that team this year. But listen, the, the cornerstones of that team. They're all coming back. I mean, Calais Campbell is coming back. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, he's tied up. Boye, this is only the first year of his contract. Um, you know, they got uh, Ngakwe. He's he was he's a second year player. Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. This is his. He's going into his third year coming up. They really have the pieces for a sustained run. So I don't see the Jacksonville Jaguars going far anyway. Uh, going uh, dropping off rather. I just see that they I see them getting better and then listen if they get a chance to sign Allen Robinson back who was injured this year cuz he would have been a definite uh, uh game changer him being out there I think his injury affected a lot of things so they have a lot going forward and I just I can't wait to see how they're going to equip themselves and and kind of build upon the success that they have uh, coming into 2018 Do you think uh, Troy Coughlin had a lot to do with it in terms of the structure of that Jaguars team because I think the owner really brought him in but you got literally two coaches there so it's that was a great move by him you know I I hear I hear a lot about Coughlin and his influence and and people kind of make that correlation but I think it also in the same breath kind of takes away from what Doug Marone has done in coaching that team because let's let's face it um, Coughlin, you know, maybe his influence helped bring in some of those players. But when they're out on that field, that's Doug Marone's job. It's his job to get that team prepared. It's his, it's his job to make sure his coaches are prepared as players. And those players have been prepared, and they've played well all year. 
And I just think, you know, when people give Coughlin most of the credit, it really takes a lot of the onus off of Doug Marone. And, and let us not forget, he was in Buffalo, and he had that roster going in the right direction, in my, in my opinion. And he ended up walking away because he didn't like the way that the, the direction of the franchise was going. And so who knows what Doug Marone have been doing um, if he had stayed the course. I just think he's a really good coach. And I just, you know, he's, you know, coming from Syracuse and then going over to the NFL. And I just think he really deserves a lot more credit than he is getting. So, in my opinion, I would say Doug Marone would have been the bigger influence on that team. So, we got you know, the, the whole thing is uh, can he prove it more than one year and consistently? That'll be the key for him. If he, can, if he can maintain, like you said, with pieces coming back, if he can maintain that level of excellence in the AFC – we got ourselves uh, another, you know, prominent team that's going to be able to take on, uh, you know, the dynasty that is the Patriots. So, um, you know, especially on Twitter, everybody, I think everybody hates the Patriots technically at some point or another. They just wish there was a different uh, outcome with teams, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, um, Troy, you, you've said it all, all every time we've talked about it, that this is probably the best coach quarterback tandem ever and, we're we're starting to see the fact that this is now factual. This is this is no longer uh, are they great? No, they are great. They are the probably one of the greatest, you know, coach uh, and and player um, setup ever. So um, the Patriots. The only thing that uh, somebody was tweeting <laughs> to me was, "Can Nick Foles become an Eli Manning in the Super Bowl?" That would be the, the one thing that would obviously defeat the Patriots if we can see a Nick Foles, Eli Manning scenario uh, to take care of the Patriots. Yeah, and, and definitely that is possible. But listen, man, when you, when you talk about quarterback play and you're talking about the NFL, how can you sit back and not say that Tom Brady is not the greatest quarterback of all time? Let me just throw out some arbitrary numbers here. You know, he's played 16 seasons, Okay. He has been to the Super Bowl eight times now. That means his half of his career, he has played in the Super Bowl. Half. He has brought his team all the way through the regular season into the Super Bowl. Okay. That alone, I think, Troy, that alone is like, that's the only stat you would really need. (laughs) Not even anything else. That alone, 50%, that's like huge. That's that's enormous. That's that's insane. That is insane. That's that's like that's that's inconceivable. Especially with the parity in the NFL, where you see teams uh, come, you know, they they go from worst to first in this in the NFL. Um, you've seen the Eagles do it this past year. Uh, they're in the Super Bowl now. They were the worst team in the NFC East. And you see all of this parity that goes around the NFL. But there is one team that's really maintained above the fray, and no matter who it is. Who's good? Who's not? They have stayed there, and that's the New England Patriots. And you have to take your hat off because that is difficult to do. It's difficult to sustain that kind of excellence throughout year in and year out. And so, yeah, I could stop just at the eight Super Bowls in, in 16 seasons, but you know what? Let's go ahead and take it a step further. He's been in seven straight AFC Championship games. Seven straight. I mean, that's 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 insane. You know, I mean. And, and listen, he has five rings. He, he he can go on to get six rings. There's nobody that has six, six Super Bowl rings right now. How could you not say he'd be the greatest? Even if he doesn't win, in my opinion, he still has five, and he's played in eight Super Bowls. You can't take that away from the guy. He's, in my opinion, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. It's not even close anymore. It's, it's not. It's not even able to argue. What is Troy? What is his key to his longevity? Has it been just the stability of the franchise, maintaining them upright, the coaching? I mean, there's got to be a lot of variables, but, you know, if you haven't put something out, that he's he's never been completely crushed in a season. He's been, you know, semi-injured. He's, his weapons have gone down. Like, Gronk went down for whatever reason. And here we go. we got Amendola that steps up. It's never been about, oh, you know, like other teams where you got one or two playmakers and and that's our guys, and then we go with that. And this team has never been that way, and I think that's why people hate it, the fact that they just can come up with kind of like a wizard, a magician, and go, oh, next man up, oh, there he is. There's our playmaker for this for this time around to win the game. 
You know, so I'm going to tell you something that a sociologist told me one time. Uh, and it, to me, it made all the sense in the world. And he said, for you to be the best at whatever you do, you have to just be a little bit crazy. And I think Tom Brady is a little bit crazy. I mean, a guy who doesn't take any sugar in, he's so meticulous about his diet. He's so meticulous about what he does. He's so meticulous about everything that he does. Like, it comes to sleep. It comes to uh, how long he studies, um, his focus, you know, during the season. You don't see him doing anything out of the ordinary except football. All he does is football and, and during the season. And he has a schedule that he adheres to, that he keeps. Somebody that is that regimented, you got to be a little bit off to be like that, you know? But, but A little bit success, off. You, just, yeah, just a little bit off, you know? you got to be a little bit crazy to do that. Like, you know, every now and then you don't just be like, man, I want some some of those McDonald's fries, man. Like he's just like, no, no, I don't, I'm not even interested. No, I'm gonna just go ahead and you know eat this uh, arugula salad over here. And, you know, how can you just to maintain that? You know, that right there is just he's above and beyond every quarterback that's out there. Every, almost every player. I mean, you, you really yeah. need to start getting to the uh, to the fact is is he the best football player of all time? In my opinion, yeah. I just I don't think that's that's a far fetched argument. No, it isn't. You're right. That's, no, it isn't. It's, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of players, but, to, to, you know, for his resume, the amount of resume he's put up in terms of wins and consistent wins, yeah, that just, uh, yeah, you, you, you just, it, it just blows your mind. And then, you know what, uh, I like the fact that you go to LeBlanc uh, um, and you go to uh, Chris, um and um, the former players that were playing on the Patriots, and they're like, uh, "This isn't over." <laughs> they're like, "We gotta, we gotta go in and and play our best game for sixty minutes because they're gonna play their best game for sixty minutes." So they already know oh, yeah. what you know what they're up against. You know what I mean? They know that they gotta play their best game on the defensive side of the ball. Oh yeah, I mean, because they they know who they're going against across that line. I mean, listen. I know Jalen Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey is probably the best cornerback in the NFL, in my opinion. I just think he's a great player. But you just don't trash talk that guy. You don't trash talk Tom Brady. What are you doing? You know. So I mean, like I hope you know the Eagles. I think they're going to keep it kind of level. You know, they're going to understand like you know you don't trash talk that guy because you do have a few expatriates on that team, and so. People gotta let him know. Listen, don't don't trash talk these guys because he literally is the ultimate competitor. He just doesn't like losing, and I, I just think, man, the focus that he puts into what he does every like week in and week out, uh, you can't be anything more. You can't be anything but impressed with it. I mean, I understand that people hate him, and pe- people naturally gravitate toward hatred when you know, a player or a team is that good. It's just the way it is. I mean, it was the same thing with Chicago Bulls. You either loved them or you hate them. And it's the same thing with the Patriots. And the same, you know, it was like that with the Yankees also. So, you know, he, I think he enjoys the hatred a little bit, you know, but um, you, you get, you really have to just take the hatred away from it and just look at it in its totality. The guy is flat out the greatest. Scary point blank. Troy, being a Red Sox fan, I have no idea why you haven't abandoned the bandwagon and just gone to a Patriots state. That would have been nice for you. Well, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, listen, I'm a Michigan, I, I'm a Michigan fan, and so naturally, Tom Brady he went to Michigan, so I'm definitely a Brady fan. So I know, when they win, I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. You know, My alumni, <laughs> alumni, yes, alumni. There you go. Yes. Oh boy. No, I'm just saying because you know everybody will always quote on the fact that you got to stay within the region uh, when you do that stuff. But oh yeah, that's, it's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know what? Uh, I I just kind of laugh at everybody when he, you know, like when he got to the second half and they're getting down and uh, somebody mentioned it to me on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but somebody said you'd have to put up almost 40 points just to have a chance for this guy not beat you. You cannot put yeah. up twenty and expect to win. That was like literally the line. Yeah, man. You got to you got to add yeah, double add, digits just add, to be safe. That's that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, the Falcons. I mean, they're exactly. Like the Falcons. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, just, 
Exactly. He's the greatest of all time. God. The Falcon fans are probably just, you know, they're sitting there going, oh, my, not again. That's probably what they're yeah. thinking. <laughs> not again. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, who else put Matty Ice on ice in overtime? But Tom Brady. That right there, to me, like I said last year, was just like one of those things where you just like, uh, son, you need to take a seat and watch how it's done. Because you had your chance. Yeah. Man, that oh, was yeah. like low. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, like a guy, you know, I don't, I still don't think the Falcons have gotten over that. I still don't think they've gotten over. No, no, it's, yeah, he. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt. Like the the fact that you had it in the bag, (laughs) and you just, I wouldn't say choked, you just gave it away. Basically, I think that's really what the the word is. You gave it away. Yeah, you can say it. You can say. You can joke. You can say. You can say. Joke. <laughs> yeah, definitely choke. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, funny. The joke is that it's it's the choke state now. You know, Georgia's the choke state. <laughs> but oh my anyways, God. yeah. Yeah, that's Poor the Georgia. joke now. I mean, until they get over it. I mean, that's almost like that's almost like Cleveland Browns, right? Like you gotta laugh oh, when somebody God. says, "Hey, the Cleveland Browns are drafting a quarterback." You just gotta laugh. You got to, like, just go over and go to the quarterback or whatever the quarterback. What the hell are they doing? You know? It's like you've drafted right. a quarterback for so many times that it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just crazy. Anyways. Um, but, you know, it was a great uh, conference finals. I mean, it was really good. Minnesota, I just, I think the fans were more disappointed. The fact that they didn't show up. And you had the fans literally, you know, hoping that that was going to happen. Even the 99-year-old fan that was invited to the divisional round, I think she was just not happy. She's waited 99 years to see them in the Super Bowl, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, man, I mean, did you see the the the, 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 the film on these fans, these Philadelphia Eagle fans? What they were doing to the Viking fans? I mean, throwing beers at them, like full beer cans? Is it really that serious? I mean, listen, I'm a football fan too, right? I'm not trying to kill a guy before he goes into the state. Like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, Troy, that Troy I have never – few places. I don't think I've ever heard you talk, you know, good about Philly fans. And this is – I think that was no. the example. <laughs> yeah, I don't like – Well, you got to put Crisco on polls to keep your fans from tearing down the polls. Pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the hell is that? That was like, oh, it's like going to a warfare and saying, okay, no switches are going to be on, no mines, no, no, nothing's going to work here. We're going to, we're going to curve that off so everybody gets through pretty easily. I'm like, I, when I heard I that, I was busting, I was busting open. I was like, Crisco, really? You're going to have the polls with Crisco? Unbelievable. If Philadelphia goes back. If Philadelphia goes back to the championship game next year, I'm buying stock in Crisco. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, you Seriously. Things, you know? Yeah, you got to make some money off of these people, man. They're not, God. Just, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's but the city council approved or does it just buy it out and can, like, buckets or whatever? Yeah. I th- <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I don't think they really thought that one through. <laughs> Seriously, oh, talk about wasteful spending right there. That's just wasteful spending. <laughs> Imagine what it's going to take to wash off the damn poles. That was one person. Yeah. I, I'm getting off base here. I'm getting like completely off base. <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm putting too much thought process in all this stuff. No, I didn't say that because I just imagine I'm like I'm like when they went and they had the meeting and say, all right, listen, guys, this is what we're gonna do. When in Crisco, all of the telephone poles. And the guys that have to put the Crisco on <laughs> must have been looking like, is this guy serious? Are you serious? Wait for, where's Ashley Am I getting overtime? Am I getting overtime for this? Am I, that was the first question I think I would ask. I'm getting overtime for this. <laughs> right. Hey, you know, oh, the wife ain't going to believe it. You're like, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, honey, I'm outside greasing poles. You know, I'm just greasing poles right now. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. bad. I feel bad now that we didn't have uh, Amanda Congelaria last week because our, you know, our, our switchboard went down. But that was one of the questions I wanted to ask her: What is wrong with these Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be poles on Chris. 
We're having Chris goes on poll. Huh? We're going to get her back soon. <laughs> so we'll ask her the question and see what she says. Um, I, I reached out to her and I said, we'll have you on like the, you know, the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. And she's like, messaged me and says, I'm ready. I'm ready to just come in and tell you that we're champions. And I'm like, I don't know, woman. I think you got a lot of passion for your team. But uh, I said, uh, there's a guy no, there's a guy named TV12 that just doesn't seem to <laughs> – he's like the undertaker, you know what I mean? Just not finished. Yeah. Not done. He's, he's, like, he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to cooperate right now. No, no, no. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. This Crisco thing just got me, like, laughing hysterically. I was like, seriously, you're going to do that? Wow. All right. I expected it in California, but not in uh, Pennsylvania. But that's just the way it worked. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. All right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> WFA tryouts, IWFL tryouts, there's a lot of stuff going on. The WFA schedules have been posted on the WFA Pro Football Com site. Uh, get your tickets for all the teams. Check out what team is in your area by zip code. You can go to WFAProFootball.com. Uh, uh, pretty much every team's got an uh, Instagram site now, a Facebook page, or an uh, email contact list. So get a hold of the uh, respective teams in your area and get out and watch uh, amazing women play uh, American football. And uh, if you're over in the uh, top-tier teams in the Division One, obviously a lot of great teams. Boston, as we're speaking about the Patriots, um, Troy, Boston Renegades, I think they're ready for their run. They're ready for their run because you have uh, the elite. I don't think it's going to be as elite as it was last year, not taking anything away from the players, but I really think this is Boston's year. they got no Chicago force. The only real uh, – uh, concern that they have, obviously, is going to be the passion and the divas. And so uh, we'll see how, you know, the Renegades uh, do this year, but it looks like this might be the year they punch it in. Yeah, I mean, especially when, you know, with the divas and, and uh, Calgary retiring. Um, so how are they going to, you know, you wonder how they're going to replace that. I'm pretty sure they have some uh, players in mind also. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they made strides of improvement uh, this past season. And this time they, they take it to the next level. I mean, are they going to be able to do that? And, you know, are they primed to make that run? That's the question we have to answer. All right. So, uh, everybody just get onto the WFA football, uh, profootball.com site, IWFLsports.com. And we are going to be back here next week. And we got um, some more guests lined up. And our switchboard seems to be back to normal. So, that's awesome news for us. And so, uh, for Troy Wilson, Oscar Lopez, for the absent uh, Holly Custis, we're going to be back here next week on the Gridiron Blitz. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, and as well as right here, follow us on Block Talk Radio. Don't miss a show. Share our podcast. And we want to thank uh, the coach, Giovanni Carrillo Larios, for coming in, head coach of the uh, Bronze Wayne uh, Team Mexico, and also multi time uh, champion in the FX Mexico Vikingas. So, uh, Troy, that's it, buddy. So, we'll be here next week. Absolutely, man. I'll be here. Hey, look, chopping at the bit. Want to break down some more of this Tom Brady stuff. And, um, you know, I want to see who on the Eagles has enough gall to talk trash to that guy. So we'll, we'll fund all of that stuff, man. I can't wait to get yeah. back on there and we'll bring it, bring it to you live. Exactly. So next week we're going to really talk about the Super Bowl preview for the most part and, uh, and then get ready for the Super Bowl. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you here next week. Uh, on the Great Animal Blitz right here on Black Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts. Have a great night. See you guys.